Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, Gonzaga absolutely destroys UCLA, and now they have another tough matchup on Friday against Duke. The Maui Invitational is wrapping up as we speak, really, and the battle for Atlantis has started today, so we'll preview all of it right after this. All right, Biggs, let's kick it off here. Uh, Just last night, Gonzaga wins by 20 against UCLA. Um, And I was curious, so... I keep hearing on these other podcasts that this is the like 42nd or 43rd time that number one and two have met ever. Do you think that's low, high, or about the about what you, you'd expect? Well, how many years has college basketball been going on? Did it, did it give like a qualifier in terms of like X amount of years or just ever? I think it has to do with the AP poll. So probably whenever the AP poll would have started. I'm guessing the AP poll is fairly old. I don't know, yeah. it's 42. That doesn't seem like a ton. I mean... Do you think it's about right? Yeah, I would it, say obviously so. it is about right because I'm assuming it's true. I guess I'm not I'm not shocked by that number. Like in like a whoa, that seems like a ton, or like wow, I'm not so I'm surprised there's not there haven't been more. I, I think four. That's probably one every other Two year, years? maybe or something yeah, like that. One yeah. every other year. I think that does seem a little high to me. I think one every other year seems a little high. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about the amount of times that. When you talk about your blue bloods are ranked really high, usually you know whether it's uh, you know Duke and Duke and Carolina. I've probably met a couple of times ranked one and two. Uh, in the last few years, Gonzaga always has been ranked in like the one, two, somewhere in that range. And they always play teams in the non-conference that are ranked really high. So uh, I guess that makes some sense. I don't know. I, I think it's a. I think it's about right. I agree yeah. with that number. Okay. Well, because it's true, so that's good. What's a Bruin? I don't know. Is it a, It's not like a bear, is it? Yeah, it might be. I don't know. Something was a Bruin last night, and it sure wasn't a good basketball game, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a brown bear. It's a brown bear. Okay. It's a brown bear. Um, well, Gonzaga got feast week kicked off with uh, with an absolute feast on uh, on UCLA. The game was a dud. Uh, we've had now two yeah. hyped-up Gonzaga games and two absolute clunkers from a, from a viewing perspective. Uh, I enjoy watching Gonzaga play. Gonzaga, though, is becoming like Alabama football without like the inevitable like championship at the end. But it's like every single game they play, it's it's not even enjoyable in the sense that the game feels like it's over within minutes. Like it was just a mismatch last night. Yeah, and you know I was watching the game, especially the beginning, just just uh, when Gonzaga jumped out to the big lead right away, and I basically thought back to last year's national championship game, except Gonzaga was on the other side. Like every, yeah, you're right. Within within minutes, it was just like, this thing is just not a, this is not going to be a competitive basketball game. Gonzaga is just so much better than this team. If you would have watched those two, if, if you would have, if you'd have been sleeping under a rock for the last like a year or so, if you would have gone into your, if you would have gone into like your, your cave when COVID hit with, uh, you know, you, you stock, you're stocking up all your, uh, what kind of things do people stock up on when can't, they when can't like perishables, canned goods. Yeah. Canned goods. There we go. All your perishables, your canned goods. Um, you know, bullets, stuff like that. Um, you only need one bullet, I guess. But anyway, you know, you if you so silver bullets, 
Yes. If you're, if you're in there for like a year, when COVID hits, you, you took last year off and you were to come out of the cave, you, you know, both these teams went to the final four last year, but you were to come out of your cave now. And, and they were to say like, which team has been, which team brought back everybody and which team is like kind of starting new. It looked like, it looked like Gonzaga had been playing together for years. Yeah. They were a machine. Yeah. And you know, we've talked about, you know, their twin towers. I don't know if anyone's calling them that yet, but they really should be the twin towers of Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. And Holmgren was doing, you know, what you said he'd be doing all year with, you know, protecting the rim, getting boards, you know, at times leading fast breaks. He had that one fast break where he like dribbled it behind his back and then got a dunk right after. That was pretty cool. But like the star of last night was actually Andrew Nemhard, 24 points on 13 shots. That's that's the thing about Gonzaga right there is like all the chatter is going to be about Timmy, who might be the best big in the country, Holmgren, who everybody's going to circle jerk over because he's tall, skinny, can shoot and handle the ball and do stuff that you just don't see seven footers be able to do. And he's the best prospect. He might be, might seem to be a lottery pick, you know, and we have to just we lose our minds over who is going to get drafted. We care so much about that. Uh, but they've got different guys every night who can be the best player. Andrew Nemhard, uh, I'm not sure if there's. Is there a better point guard in the country right now? I mean, if, if there is, like, it's not a big list before you get to Andrew Nemhart. He's a top five nope. point guard probably in the country. Yeah, he's been playing very well. And then, you know, I think last year, if you could, like, really nitpick and say where was Gonzaga bad, it's that, you know, they didn't really have, like, a – they didn't have a rim protector. You know, Drew Timmy's obviously a very talented post player, especially more so on the offensive side, and, you know, he plays that center role. But last year they had – um I can't think of his Kis- name right Kispert now. Kispert was their four, man. Kispert was their four. Exactly. Now they replaced Kispert, who was a great player in his own right, great shooter. Different kind but of they, player. Yeah, they replace him with someone who protects the rim and Chet Holmgren. So, you know, as media members, we have to overreact to stuff. And my question to you, Biggs, is, is this year's Gonzaga better than last year's? I don't know. Me- Meaning, will they, instead of losing the championship game by 20, they'll lose it by, like, 15 or so? I think they're good enough to lose in the championship by 15. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they're better than last year's team. Um, I don't think there's a Baylor out there, though, this year that can come in and just bully them. Baylor was up there with Gonzaga all year last year. I mean, it was – we. both those teams were undefeated. Like, 20 games of the year, Baylor was running people all year – COVID hit them, remember? They took a couple weird losses. Them winning the national championship was not a shock, I don't think, to no. anybody. Them blowing out no. Gonzaga might have been a little bit of a shock. I just don't I, I don't think there's a team like that out there that can that is going to like bully them like Baylor did along the perimeter, up front, all over the court, right? It just I think the, the best meme I saw on, on championship night was something like, you know, we have an awesome basketball team. Gonzaga fans say, like, we have an awesome basketball team, and then Baylor players were like, we lift with the football team or something – Something like that, right? Like they're just they're yeah. grown men versus Gonzaga, who has like good basketball players. Right. And I don't, I don't know. Someone probably is good enough to beat Gonzaga. Um, it's not a long list, but I don't know if there's a team that is just going to physically beat the shit out of them. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. And you like, know, who don't they match up well with? I can't think of a team that that I think you know. I, I can name teams that I think could give them a game, but I don't. I can't think of a team that's like that team is specifically built to give Gonzaga problems. If we're just looking at like other, you know, national title contenders, I don't think Villanova necessarily has the size to deal with. They don't with have them. the juice. They don't no. have the juice. Um Duke probably does. Like they're sitting we'll, there. We'll they're size. Yeah, we'll find out, especially just in a couple of days, is probably a good segue we might have to take here. Maybe. Um Kansas 
I could see Kansas I, or Alabama. We could get a look at both yeah. those teams here this week, which would be another thing we could touch on later. But that Jalen Wilson versus Chet Holmgren matchup would be intriguing if it ever happened. Probably a mismatch. I think Holmgren. I, I really. Do, I was. I've been. I've been consistent with this. I think the impact Holmgren's going to make, and, and people are going to lose their minds over every layup he makes. Apparently, because that's what happened last night. Every time he makes a bucket, we go insane. And you know, Dickie V uh, screaming. You know, he's a unicorn. You know, all this stuff is. Just, yep, we get it. He can make shots, but you. I mean, the impact on the defensive end. I mean, UCLA guys. He erases every like. He doesn't just block shots. He like he just erases the idea of a shot. Yep. Within like 15 feet of the hoop. Yep. Um, but yeah, just going over to, to uh, UCLA. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think the sky is falling for them. You know, they've already proven that they're a title contender. They already beat Villanova. Um, they're still a national title contender. Um, yeah, rough just, night. Rough night for our guy Jaime Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, very rough. He, you know, he ended up with 19 points, but it took him 22 shots to get there. The team, as a team, they made two three pointers all night. That's not good at all for anyone. Not great. Not great. Johnny no. Juzang was pretty uh, invisible. I think he had a quick, maybe he got a quick six or seven points early in the game and then was really just nowhere to be found. Jules Bernard, he takes some dumb shots to me. Boy, he yep. takes some He takes some ill-advised, like, know your role kind of thing. Like, you, remember, you're like the third guy on this team. You know, he takes yep. some weird shots where he's like, I got this. And uh, we saw a little bit too much Miles Johnson, I think, last night with UCL. I think there's going to be like a – I think teams have to like get it out of their head that just because Holmgren is skinny, it means let's give below average big guys a chance to just kind of bully bully him in the paint. Like, I, th- I feel like they got away from their plan a little bit with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I feel like I saw John- him shoot a ton. I mean, he only took seven shots, but he w- he was able to like back him down into the paint, but then he couldn't get a sh- good shot up because yeah, you know, Holmgren yeah. was that long. But also Gonzaga was like. They were they were just on it. I mean, it was like all things were working last night. They they were moving the ball beautifully. There was a there was a sequence. I, I know uh, they showed on the highlights where Holmgren blocks somebody. He passes it up to Nemhard. Nemhard passes it up to uh, to uh, to one of their other guys. Their other guy. They have like a three on one. The kid the kid dribbles it down. He has a layup. He stops. He passes it to Nemhard at the free throw line, and then he he pitches it right away. Bing bang boom to a wide open guy for a three pointer and it's just splash. It's just like that was that was what the night was last night. It was just Gonzaga wide open shots all night. They were on they were on fire and UCLA just felt like they were a step behind. Yep. And so, you know, like we said, Gonzaga on I believe it's Friday will take on Duke. And it's gonna be a great matchup. Um, you know, I love how, you know, whenever we have these big matchups, they they pick like the best players and they say, you know, it's oh it's Paolo against Chet Holmgren. You know, that's the big matchup here. I want to sh- I want to give some credit to some of the other guys, though. I think it's the A.J. Griffin against uh, Hunter Salas matchup. Reserve, res- reserve wingman matchup. I think that's really going to be the matchup to decide this game here, Biggs. Could this be the Joey Baker game that you keep mentioning? Maybe this is the game where he scores 12 <laughs> points in three minutes and knocks down a bunch of threes. Joey Baker versus Anton Watson game. I actually like people, Anton Watson for Gonzaga. People are going to be talking nice about it for years. Way. Yeah, massive. <laughs> I'm sure there won't be any mention of uh between between the Chet Holmgren, Paolo Benchero kind of unicorn top top draft pick talk and the uh, Coach K the last time he'll play against you know this matchup all the things that Coach K's done for just everybody in the world talk boy it's gonna be this might be a game where I have to mute it to be honest with you yeah and speaking of guys who are sometimes annoying 
I did. I did enjoy Dickie V back on the game last night, especially. Yeah, I did too. Was, I, I'm um, not a Dickie V fan, but it was hard not yeah, to hard not to I enjoy know. a little bit of that. Yeah, did you see him like just break down at the start too? Yeah, that was good. That was yeah. that was wholesome, as the, as they yeah. say. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. What are you looking forward to? Ser- actually, seriously, what are you looking forward to in this matchup? We joked about what we're looking forward to. But what are you looking forward to here? Uh, with regards to Gonzaga Duke. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to the idea of Gonzaga kicking the shit out of them and beating them by 30. You think it's going to, is that what your prediction is? Do you think? No, no, I don't, I don't think that'll happen. I didn't think that would happen against UCLA though, or Texas, you know, Yeah. but Gonzaga, it seems like just kind of has that ability to do that. Um, no, I think, I, I mean, the easy, the easy candy would just be like the inside matchup of Williams, Banchero against Gonzaga's Holmgren, Timmy and Watson. Um, Andrew Nemhard, can he control the game against uh, Trevor Keels? You know, Keels isn't their point guard, but he's just a big physical guard who I bet you spends time on on Nemhard just because he's so big and strong. I want to know. I want to see more Trevor Keels. He was impressive, obviously that that first night. He looked yeah, really good. Kentucky, Kentucky game, yeah, yeah, against Kentucky. I mean, he looked awesome. I want to see if he can do that again because I mean, he was a highly rated kid, but kind of an afterthought when when the Duke class was coming in because everything was about you know Banchero and AJ Griffin. Trevor Keels you know, somehow flew under the radar a little bit, I think. Yep. I, I want to see him again. I want to see if that's for real. And and Wendell Moore's been playing well. So, I mean, they definitely Wendell have the Moore's talent to great. do it. So, yeah, Wendell Moore's been arguably their best player this year. You know, you know yeah. Ponchero and, and Keels have definitely gotten the spotlight. You know, it's all, it's always easy to give the spotlight to, like, the the fresh new toy, you know, the fresh new yes. toys. Yes. Well, Wendell Moore himself, who I believe is a junior this year, is having a great year so far. Yeah, he is. I, I wouldn't be and now that I think about it, I wouldn't be surprised if he spends a lot of time on Nemhard too, because he's he's regarded as a, a high quality defensive piece. You know, can this Gonzaga machine just keep rolling? I guess. I mean, it should be a great matchup. You know, top five teams. All right. So yeah, with that Gonzaga Duke game that kicks off Friday night. Um, let's let's toss it over, Bigs, to the battle for Atlantis that began earlier today. There's two games that have already finished. Um. UConn, you know, I was at the gym. I saw UConn was up like 20 or 15 or 20 or so in the second half. And then I looked later, like probably like a half hour later, and it was down to like a five or six point game. Um, They escaped with a six point game. Were you able to watch this game at all? I had eyes on it. I think the most, I think you're burying the lead a little bit here. It's the bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis. Oh boy. Okay. Not not as opposed to because as opposed to the good boy, as opposed to the good boy mowers. Yeah, they, the bad boy mowers apparently mow with attitude. So I don't know. As a homeowner, is that something that I should invest in? How do you, how do you mow? Uh, do you think like these mowers have like the teeth on the front just to make it look like more scary? Is that what they do? Maybe that'd be sick. Okay. Yeah, I mow very passive aggressively. You know, because I'm from Minnesota, I I kind of I apologize to the grass as I as I mow it and I say, oh, don't mean to don't mean to scoot on by there. Stuff like that. Are you, are you Canadian now too? Oh yeah. Oh, don't you know? <laughs> uh, the first two games today were were awesome. The opening two rounds of the Battle for Atlantis, which is really the two juicier matchups I think of the day. Uh, we're currently recording on a. Uh, I got my days all mixed up. We're on Wednesday, right? It's Wednesday. We're recording on a Wednesday right now. Syracuse is up on VCU at half, and the winner of that will play the winner of Baylor Arizona State, which is yet to tip. The tips in a couple hours for us. Uh, I would assume Baylor wins that one. I would yep. assume Baylor wins on Thanksgiving Day. 
and we'll take on the winner of uh, either UConn or Michigan State because both those teams advanced in really thrilling fashions. Uh, you asked about the Auburn UConn game. It was wild. Yeah, that went double overtime. I see now. Double double OT. It was wild, man. Um, yeah, Auburn was down. I think a dozen at half. They were down seventeen or eighteen early in the second half, and it just looked like UConn was going to run them. Uh, Auburn picks up the tempo. They start pressing, get UConn all sorts of rattled. They, I think they finished with like 24 turnovers. Bunch came in the second half. And uh, and Auburn just kind of keeps scrapping and clawing. They just keep scrapping and clawing. And we have a, a bunch of different kind of uh, things down the wire. I think Tyler Pauly knocks down a three for UConn to send it to overtime. Katie Johnson gets a, uh, gets a steal and a bucket at the end of at the end of the first overtime session to send it to the second overtime. Um, and then UConn just kind of, they, they hit a, they hit a couple threes to kind of put some distance between themselves. And, and, and it felt like Auburn just kind of ran out of juice a little bit, but boy, I mean, it was, there was a lot to take. I was, I came away really, really impressed by Auburn, by all the pieces that they've gotten. They're playing without Alan Flanagan, who everyone kind of says is probably their best player. Katie Johnson was just like a warrior. He had like 27 and he's got some weird like body language where it's just like, dude, like can you just like go back on defense. But uh, he definitely, he's one of those guys that he kind of has like the irrational confidence slash irrational, just like weird edge that is probably going to annoy people, but also like probably makes him the player he is. He was, he was awesome. He was in attack mode the whole night uh, that Jabari Smith, our freshman big man uh, had some really good moments in the second half where you kind of saw the you saw what the hype is about with him. He's like a 6'10 kid who can he, – he's slender, but he can kind of handle the ball, and he had some impressive finishes. And uh, th- Their depth is good. Jalen Williams came off the bench and gave him a lot of good stuff. Uh, but then UConn, the team that we were kind of on as maybe the second-best team in the Big East, they, they've got great depth too. Uh, their big man, Adama Sanogo, had just like dominant stretches of that game where he was, he was a force inside. RJ Cole was uh, really good at that point guard spot, knocking down shots and just kind of controlling the game for them. And, uh, and and Tyler Polly is a uh, Tyler Polly is just as a, a sharpshooter. They have so much. They're so big. They're big. That's the big takeaway for me. The big takeaway. They're really big. Yeah, and so they will face off uh, tomorrow against Michigan State, who knocks down Loyola Chicago. Who is you know it's not. I mean it's not an amazing victory, but it's definitely a good. It's it's a quality win. Uh, High quality win. Yeah, and uh, last second shot buzzer beater on that one. Buzzer beater alley oop. Really. Yeah, wow. and Malik Hall, who we've talked about, just hasn't really lived up to the hype throughout his college career. He ends up with twenty four points on perfect nine of nine shooting. Um, and you know, for Michigan State with that game tomorrow, we talked about before the season how it's a team that's sort of tough to peg as far as where they're at in the Big Ten. And to note, you know, this game today against Little Chicago is definitely their best wins or their best win so far. And, you know, their toughest opponent this year was Kansas, who they lost to by 13. But I feel like this game tomorrow against UConn is really going to be the game where we can really see how their season's going to play out. Yeah, I would say, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's going to be kind of one of those, like, bring your lunch pail kind of games. Because, I mean, Michigan State teams have always been known for being just uber tough and physical and willing to muck up a game. I thought UConn would be that type of team heading into the year. My, my thoughts were, I think this team's going to be awesome on defense, but I'm not sure they're going to be able to score. Uh, they're averaging like 95 points a game. They came into the, ga- the day averaging, I think, 92, 93 points, and they just scored 115. So apparently they could score just fine. Yeah. Uh, I do think their defense is going to be 
really tough. And I just, the size, not a lot of teams have the kind of size UConn does. They have a seven footer. They have two guys who are like six, nine Their Their Tyrese Martin is like six, six and like two twenty. He looks like a four man playing there too. You know, and then RJ Cole is, is kind of a, you know, more of a water bug, but like, they just have so much size that a lot of teams just don't have. And they're old. They're big. They're old. They're physical. I love Danny Hurley as a coach. I mean, he just seems to coach just kind of that rugged kind of toughness about them. I do think their offense, I still am, I'm still going to hold to the belief that I think their offense will get stuck in the mud at times. Might be, might be, might even be tomorrow. I still think they're the better team, though. Yep. All right. And then a team who I feel like, I feel like they've, sort of been turning some heads so far this year bigs is Cincinnati who you know they have a first time or not first time head coach a new head coach in Wes Miller who I think the winner in all this by the way bigs is North Carolina because say either Hubert Davis is gonna be successful or he's not and then he's gonna be fired in like three or four years and then they just get Wes Miller who's obviously who's already proven to be successful at Cincinnati what but, if he's, what if he's too good at Cincinnati and he likes coaching in the Big Twelve when Cincinnati's in the Big let, Twelve? Let, let's not hope that happens, or let's hope that doesn't happen. Maybe he'll go to Kansas first. Then we'll take a West Miller assistant. Yes, <laughs> the West Miller coaching tree. <laughs> but they beat Illinois by twenty points the other night, and then follow that up with a loss to Arkansas, only by six points. So I mean. If I were to guess, they'd probably lose by more than six to Arkansas. So definitely still a good game for them. But a good game last night. Yeah. Have you been able to watch them at all this year? I have not. I, I had eyes on the on the Arkansas game the other night, and um, I, I came away really impressed. David DeJulius is a Michigan transfer who played a little bit for them last year and then maybe stepped away due to some uh, some like mental health stuff. So he was kind of in and out of their lineup for Cincy last year. He, he was dynamic. And uh, Mike Saunders, they've got two – they've got kind of two – kind of combo kind of lead guards who who can kind of both break down the defense, knock down shots, get into the paint, do a bunch of stuff like that, um, who kind of handle a lot of their offensive load. And then I think it's it's kind of just whoever wears that Cincinnati jersey, I feel like their, their Madden rating for defense just like takes like a 10 – it goes up like 10 points. They're all just – they just play like dogs. You know, they're tough yeah. on defense. Arkansas was uh, – it was uh, it was kind of the – Who's who's the who's the kid that they have? They got Chris Likes, and then they have an, who's yep. the other guard? Note, yep. JD JD Note and Chris Likes. It was kind of a like a duel between those those pairs of guards. Um, I like I thought Adish Tony was kind of impressive for Arkansas too. Um, who's been more disappointing though? You you mentioned Illinois. Who's off to a worse start? Right? Who feels worse about themselves? Illinois or Oregon right now? It's got to be Oregon. And did we overhype Oregon? Like, you know, we talked about, you know, they get Jacob Young. We talked about they get Davion Harmon. They return guys like, you know. Um, Eric Williams. Er- Eric Richardson. Williams. Yep, Will Richardson. They look awful. And, like, did we just ignore the fact that they lose, lost their best player in Chris Duarte and their second best player in Eugene Omarui? Like, did we just ignore those a little too much and just focus on the shiny new toys coming in? Probably. Yeah. We, we live in a very shiny new toys culture, as you yep. mentioned already. Um, I don't mean to be get off my lawn guy, but yeah, you're, you're probably onto something there. Like we probably overhyped the existing third and fourth guys who, who were nice pieces on an Oregon team that was a seven seed last year and got a little bit too excited about okay players coming in. Maybe it's just a bunch of okay players and they look less than okay right now, though. They look 
they look horrendous. I mean, they played Houston on on uh, on Wednesday in a matchup that everybody kind of penciled as the Maui Championship, and they lost by thirty in the third place game of the Maui Championship. They lost to St. Mary's by like fifteen. They were really never in that game. They had fifteen points at halftime of that game. Fifteen. That's not good. That's not that's not ideal. This ain't even football. Fifteen's low for a football score, <laughs> especially in college. I mean, they they just look they look broken watching them against Houston and and, and against St. Mary's. Their offense, it just it looks like guys who have literally. I, I'm trying not to overreact too much because I do know a lot of these guys are used to playing a certain way and have never played together. But they look like a bunch of guys who just don't even know how to play with four other people in general. A lot of them just kind of catch it. And they just stand around and watch. Nobody yeah. sets a screen. Uh, nobody, nobody like looks to pass. They all look like it's, it's like, not even a your turn, my turn. It's, hey, when's it my turn? I just want it to be my turn. Can it be my turn now? It's my turn now. It's, I want to keep it my turn. I don't know. They they look horrendous. Like they've got they've got a lot of work to do. I still think the ceiling is high, um, but the floor is a whole lot lower than I thought it would be. Yeah, and they're. Currently, I see they're averaging 68 points per game, which seems low for Oregon. You know, their three three losses, uh, BYU, they score 49, St. Mary's, they score 50, and Houston, they score 49. Um, So I'd say it's for them, it's definitely a scoring issue. Um, I'm trying to see what their shooting percentage is. Um, Probably not higher than about 37%. uh, 41. Um, You'd probably like that to be a little higher, but it's not terrible. They turn. They're not really turning like tennis. Ten turnovers per game. It's not terrible. In those three games. No, this is for the season. Oh well, I mean they they probably are prop. Those stats are getting. Those stats are definitely getting propped up by a couple cupcake by the, games. By, they yeah, played probably. Yeah. You know, and one of them's over a D two team, or D three. I don't even know. Chaminade's, I think D three. They're bad right now. They're really bad. And then tossing over to uh, Illinois. Oof. You know, I'll ask you the same question. You know, we we probably overhyped Oregon. Do we overhype Andre Andre Curbelo a little too much? He's coming in. He's just currently averaging nine points per game on thirty percent shooting. Is he Caleb Love from last year? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I mean, I think he was probably better than Caleb Love last year. But we mentioned we talked about this before, and that it's a lot easier to be the fifth guy in an opposing team scouting report. He's guy number two now. You know, yeah. it's a lot easier to be the fifth guy in the scouting report, and the first two guys are all Americans. You know, Andre Curbelo looked good. He could he was allowed to look good in 16, 18, 20 minutes a game because if he didn't look good, you get him out before he really looks bad. Well, right now they don't have options. He he might just have to play through some of the looking really bad. And they also lost, I mean, Illinois, as good as they were last year, I mean, it was a lot of Iodesumu was like the man for them. And Coburn was like the man and they didn't have a ton of like other like perimeter pieces. So like, it's not just that Curbelo is kind of like, he's got to step in now to a starting role. He's got to step into a starting role and be like the man. Everybody else on that team is kind of new or not really familiar with being up there either. And I think Trent Frazier I saw last night went down with an injury. I don't, I don't know what the specifics. Yeah. I mean, it looked like it could have been. Yeah. And he hasn't been good either. He's averaging very similar stats to Curbelo. Right. Yeah. And so. He's he's on. Apparently it's not an ACL injury, but I mean, I, I do think, I mean, they, it just feels like something's missing and 
I don't know what that is yet. I mean, I think they're probably going to write the ship because you do have Kofi Coburn, who's a beast. And I think he, I just think with Curbelo, you're just going to have to play through. He, he like almost has like another freshman season, you know, because he, he's like, mm-hmm. he was a freshman last year, but now it's like the role is just such a, it's so radically different that yep. it just might take a little time. And there's going to be some rough patches with that. So th- I think that means that we overrated them. I don't think that obviously yeah. they're not the 10th best team in the country. I don't even know if they have the ceiling to be the 10th best team in the country, no. but and you know, am I, I am, I reading this right? am I reading this right? Where Andre Curbelo is averaging 22 minutes a game. Really? Has he had like a game where he like went down like early with an injury and it just like deflated that stat or something? Like, I don't, it Maybe. says 22.3 minutes per game, which seems that surprises very me. I would have thought it'd be more like 32 minutes a game. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I wonder Anyways. if uh, I wonder if it was something to the effect of where they played some where they played some trash team and you only had to play like 13, 14 minutes or something. Could be, yeah. Now, Ohio State gets a big win over Seton Hall, who Seton Hall beat Michigan, so you know they're definitely a high quality team. And now later tonight they play Florida, and this is another thing I like that people do. I love how people have to point out that this is a rematch of the championship game from like 15 years ago someone said that oh yes that's silly to me yeah it is <laughs> it, i mean they're not wrong unless it's they the first time they've played it's not a rematch if this is the first time if they've played like 10 times in between have they not played at all in between in 15 years Ah, uh, that i don't know because if that's the case that that doesn't count right so if that's the case then is that more okay more okay of a stat I would say so. Yeah, if it's the first time they met in fifteen years, it's still pretty goofy. Okay. But I would say I'm I'm willing to accept it. Okay, I'll have our stats guy look that up quick. Okay, yeah, look it up. Yeah, <laughs> can we get stats and info on that? <laughs> um, yeah, that's part of some. I don't know what tournament that's a part of. That's part of some tournament. But that could be a good game. Another game that's upcoming is uh, Memphis versus Virginia Tech. Which yeah, is that tonight or is that tomorrow? That's late tonight. Yeah, free Thanksgiving night. We might be, uh, who knows if we're all sober by then. I won't be. Nice. Yes. Um, But yeah, just another sort of, uh, you know, we talked about with Michigan State how, you know, we don't know how to peg them yet. You know, with this game again, Memphis against Virginia Tech, we'll have a better idea of where they stand after that game. They definitely need to take care of the ball a little bit better and not just be, you know, the flashy people who Biggs hates so damn much. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think uh, Memphis, they were saying on the broadcast here tonight that that Memphis averages like 26 points a game off of turnovers. So they're like an AAU team in that they live off of out-athleticing people, forcing turnovers, getting out in transition where you don't have to set up offense. And Virginia Tech averages like eight turnovers a game. So it's kind of a, it's definitely a a strength on strength, so to speak. Um, Memphis obviously has more talent. They're a lot more talented. They're a lot more athletic. Uh, Virginia Tech, though, has kind Storm of that techy, like mid-majory kind of feel because half of them are from Wofford, I suppose. But that they're not not—they're not very big. They're they are probably much more of a – I mean, we watched them last year. They, they play that kind of free-flowing uh, continuity motion offense where guys are passing, cutting, the beautiful game, right? Poetry in motion. Um, so we'll see which – can Memphis muddy that up with their defense? And – can they score in the half court? Cause I think it's going to be a half court game. That's what I've always wondered about Memphis is when the game gets slowed down and it's not AAU and they're not just allowed to run up the floor and be athletic. Can they win? 
I think they're the better team, probably. I mean, I assume they'll be – I think they'll be the better team eventually over the long haul because they have a ton more talent. Uh, it'll be a good opportunity, though, to see – you're right, see Memphis against somebody that's real. Yeah. And that, you know, Kevin Luma is a guy who we've talked about who's a very talented big man for Virginia Tech, but, you know, Jalen Duren is just a load inside. So that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. And, um, you know – I think one might say, you know, can Kebe Aluma slow down Jalen Duran? But, you know, I mean, Aluma is a very talented big man in his own right. So can Duran slow down Aluma as well? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Virginia Tech relies on Aluma, I think, more than Memphis needs Duran. I think Duran is going to be like I, – I, st- I think I compared him to Bam Adebayo last time when you just look at him from a physical standpoint – I even think his role will be similar to Adebayo in that. Remember those Kentucky teams had De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk who who did a lot of the shooting? And then Adebayo just is kind of like the super – he's like a souped-up garbage man where like he is – he is he's not your typical garbage man because he's he's a little more talented and he's going to be more productive than that. But his role essentially will be he's going he's gonna to do a lot of the work. His, his scoring will be off of dump-offs, running in transition, finishing around offensive rebounds. I, I just don't foresee them – we'll be. I mean, I guess I. it's possible, but I'd be surprised if, like, we get a lot of Jalen Duran isolation post-ups. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Well, you know Aluma is that guy that – Vatek, I mean, their offense will run through him. Yeah, for sure. Now, another tournament that kicks off on Thanksgiving Day, that is tomorrow, Biggs, is the ESPN Events Invitational. And Weird first name round- for tournament. Yeah, well, the person, the person who, the person who was like the creative artist or whatever, must must have had an off day that day, and they just gave it to like an intern. Uh, an ESPN events invitational. Yes, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> but first round matchups beginning tomorrow, Thanksgiving, Dayton versus Miami, North Texas, our favorite Mean Green against Kansas, Alabama versus Rick Pitino and Iona. Yeah. And Belmont versus Drake. And, you know, obviously just looking forward, the matchup that we all want in the championship game is probably Drake versus North Texas. Can we agree on that? Yeah. The mean green versus Canadian hip hop star. Yes, exactly. Uh, but on all seriousness, Alabama versus Kansas is definitely the matchup that we would want there. And a couple other teams, Belmont, who, you know, is one of the more talented mid-majors. Miami, who is three and one, and you know they always have like talented guys, but it seems like recently they've just dealt with so many injuries. And you know if they get a matchup against Kansas, that would be really their first tough matchup of this year, so we can really see how good they really are against a quality team. Um, any more teams you want to highlight? Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say you're higher, you're high on Miami. You like this Miami team at least coming into the year. Um, I just think they have a lot of talent now. Yeah, they have and, some and, and Larinaga is a good coach. Um, he's he done it before, but I, mean, I don't know. I, I'm not saying they're going to be like a finished ACC like as the four seed or in the regular seed. I don't think that. And I would and I would say if they played Kansas 20 times, Kansas probably wins 19 of them. Uh, right. Could could Friday though be the one? Assuming yeah, those but- two teams at least get there, because I think Miami will beat Dayton, but. That that'll be I could potentially I could see that being a, a game where Kansas wins by uh, thirty. I could or see five. that being a game, uh, or 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 five, or maybe Miami has the game of their life. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think the best matchup of the first day of that tournament is definitely the Belmont Drake one. I don't even think it's close. Yeah. No, maybe Alabama Iona, just because maybe we'll see Rick Pitino pull out some magic. That could be kind of interesting. But I, I'm kind of intrigued by that Belmont Drake game. Yeah. You know, I, I I think I tend to think Drake's probably the better team. But man, I mean, do you? What, what, I, what I think Belmont's a better team. Okay, well, hey, there we go. Maybe that that could be that could be a really fun game. Is this another bet? Is this another bet? <laughs> do you Who want to make this? One? Oh gosh. Well, like our other two uh, burrito bets are like we got to wait forever for them to catch. Yeah, they're. Yeah, exactly. It's this one we can. Kind of we, thing. This, this is a microwave bet. This one we can have a burrito on, you know, Friday. All right, or or Thursday night if you're staying up really late, <laughs> or if I'm still hungry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sure, I'll take Drake. All right, Belmont. Let's go. All See, right. I like Belmont, so I won't even be upset about it. I mean, I like Belmont <laughs> too, but uh, I think that'll be a fun matchup. I really do. Yeah. And then, I, I mean, I think Bama's the best team on that side of the bracket. So okay. you're right. I, I, I was gonna say I think Kansas is the best in the tournament. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's. I think it'll be. I would. I would love to see those two teams play. And we we've talked about this. We rarely get the matchup we wanted uh, in these tournaments. Although we did get the matchup we wanted with Houston and Oregon in the third place game of the Maui tournament, and and it was a thirty point blowout win for yeah. uh, for Houston. I, I would love to see Kansas Bama though because I, I do think those are two of the best. 10 teams in the country, you know, Kansas might be the best besides Gonzaga. I mean, it might be Kansas. I think it, it's going to be one of those things now, like we talk about the big East, like it's Villanova and then who's number two. Uh, yep. It's Gonzaga. And then like, who's number two. And I think Kansas is probably like next up. This is a random question. Have you ever seen this? I'm looking at the bracket here and like by each game, they have like the game times, the both the third place game, the championship game, they say Sunday, at 1 or 4 p.m. How are they deciding that? Is it if a specific does a specific team have like a scheduling requirement there? Have you ever seen that before? No. No, I have yeah. not. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's like, is there a certain, maybe the championship game they would have later? Depending be, on team travel or something? I don't know. Depend. I'm wondering if it's just like, if we get Alabama, Kansas, we want this to be later on because it's closer to like, prime time could be where they're almost like building in like a flex option. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Um, I have no idea I got- because the Maui, the Maui tournament for years was always the championship game was Tuesday at like 8 PM. Cause obviously it was in Maui. So like games were running really late anyway. Um, and then it was funny. The year Zion was at Duke. The championship game was Tuesday at like five. You know, so they obviously they were like, we need to milk this Zion cash cow as much as we possibly can. Put the game earlier, and they compromised the entire integrity of the tournament to do so. Well, now times are at that time anyway for the Maui tournament. But like, I'm wondering if they're doing that where they're building in like, hey, if this is a matchup we want people to have eyeballs on, you're competing with the NFL though on Sunday. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm talking myself in circles. I, I have no idea. I've never seen that though. Yeah, makes it really hard yeah. to plan though because what which one do I? Okay, but what am I going to do then? It'd be really nice if it's at one because our Vikings, I think, play at like three thirty. Yeah, they do play at three. The cynic in me though is yeah. like, it'd be nice if that was at four, so I could watch something else. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they should be able to take the Niners up. I hope we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Now, one other tournament, and I actually unknowingly previewed one of the games, but that's the NIT season tip off, which Memphis Virginia Tech is a first round matchup. Now, oh. Xavier is against Ohio. 
against Iowa State as the other matchup, which did I see Iowa State's undefeated? Have they played anyone? Uh, they are undefeated. They're beating someone right now. Maybe they'll, maybe that's they play. They are undefeated, I know, and I think they play somebody tonight in like what's supposed to be a halfway decent game. They play Xavier. Okay, yeah, that's tonight. Oh, that's it's just one. a four-team deal? Yeah, it's a four-team tournament. So, yeah, right. that's the other matchup in that, and then obviously the two winners and losers will play each other. So, you know, really a good like, – all four of these teams, I feel like, is where – like we're really going to get a better idea of where, where they stand in their conferences after this tournament. Yeah, I'd love to see Xavier just because they look good against Ohio State the other day. I'd love to see, I'd love to see them against Memphis. I think that'd be kind of a fun matchup. Yeah, let's see if I can pull up the Memphis is going to be that team that I irrationally just root against for some reason. I don't know why. I, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't like Penny flash. very much. I don't like, uh, I don't like uh, all the flash and sizzle that you were talking about. I'm intrigued by them, but I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be watching them through the lens of like I I want someone to beat them. Ooh, currently Iowa State's up seven about midway through the first half. On Xavier? Yeah. Okay. Maybe Iowa State will be good. Maybe they will be. Maybe we because they have they have a new head coach, Otzelberger, correct? Is that yep. Yep. So yeah, maybe it's the year first head coach. We talked about Wes Miller. Maybe Otzelberger at Iowa State's gonna turn them around. And Hubert Davis. We'll see. They did play better last night. They act I think they only gave up like fifty points. Did you see Brady Manick had like a, he had like the post-game interview, pretty interesting transcript. There were some enlightening things in there. I was like, Ooh, I wonder what he's hinting at there. Something about how we need to just, we need to play better as a team. We need to be uh, more kind of, we need to be more, sh- we need to share better. We need to take more joy in other people's accomplishments, stuff like that. Um, it was like, Hmm. Senior leader right there, I think. Yeah, I'm thinking he's probably alluding to a bunch of me uh, kind of attitude players there who are trying to get noticed. Yeah, maybe Brady, but is Brady Mag trying to get noticed? Maybe he's trying to bump his draft stock a little bit. Maybe. With a we, not me aspect. You know? So he's saying, hey, stupid ball hog guards, pass me the ball more. <laughs> exactly. So that I can... <laughs> I can see that. I wouldn't blame him. Us big men, you know, we always have to fight that. Guards guards are deaf and selfish, and they don't like passing. Wow. You have a wow. big man heart, so I feel like you're more of a big man than you are a guard. You're only Maybe. a guard in stature. You're a I'm big a, man in heart. I'm a guard, but I cast a large shadow. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, still don't believe that girls didn't understand that joke. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Women. Got it. You got anything else, Biggs? Uh, well, Wisconsin won Maui. Did they? Oh, God, my, that bet's looking bad for me right now. Right? Didn't Wisconsin win Maui? Pretty sure Wisconsin won Maui. That was a heck of a game. Yeah, it was. Wire to wire, basically. It was a down to the wire, just kind of both teams looking really good. Amazing that they don't even they don't even talk about it, though, on ESPN. We, we don't care about Maui because uh, – It's not Duke. Yeah, they're just obsessed. They're like rank – they're just chasing the rankings. It's like, hey, what about just basketball, though? It's the starization of like our media now. We need like individuals to get hyped about, and obviously Wisconsin St. Mary's is not the the matchup that anyone's going to care about. Uh, it makes me sad because it's uh it was a good matchup. It was a good game. Yeah, and Wisconsin is now five and one. They do both games or wins against uh, St. Mary's and Houston. So that's a nice <sighs> little that's a nice little couple days for them. Maybe I was wrong about them, Biggs. I, I just think you're the if you expect anything like if you expect Auburn or 
not Auburn. If you think Wisconsin is going to be bad, you're wrong. If you think they're going to be like better than like decent, you're also wrong. I just think they're always they're always going to be solid. That's just that's like I swear it's like it doesn't matter what players they have. I just think they're going to be solid. And uh, that was that was the, the the case. It looks like that's the case here early in the year. Um, how about the WCC though? I mean, St. Mary's blows yeah. out Oregon last night. I say last night, they blow them out Tuesday night. Gonzaga blows out UCLA Tuesday yep. night. Uh, the WCC is becoming like... B- BYU, has blow- BYU has blown out Oregon also. Yep, BYU's blown out Oregon. And and the WCC is apparently like, there's like five tournament quality teams. Apparently San Francisco's making some noise. That's a team that apparently a lot of teams are, a lot of people are high on. Um, and the, the Dons. And then, was it Pepperdine? No, I think Santa Clara is off to a really good start with maybe a couple of decent, like, to to impressive wins. So I I think the WCC, obviously Gonzaga runs that thing, and they're far and away the best. But it's not like there's a bunch of, like, just trash-ass teams also. Like, I think there's, I think the league itself is, Wisconsin, or, gosh, I'm struggling. Gonzaga raises the entire water level, but I think other teams now are getting better as Gonzaga's gotten better, I think other teams have also gotten better. I'm moving my hands in like an upward motion for for some stupid reason. My I'll, 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 I'll clip. I'll clip that for YouTube. Perfect. Yes. Um, I think everybody else is kind of getting better too. Unfortunately, they're not catching Gonzaga because Gonzaga keeps getting better. But I think all these other teams are getting better. So it's like the league as a whole is is in good shape right now. Yeah, maybe they should have like sort of a relegation system where top four teams for Pac-12 get bumped up to the West Coast Conference, and the bottom four on the West Coast get bumped down to Pac-12 every year. Do we maybe just need to change our our perspective on this and just say, you know what, the Pac-12 is a mid-major league, and the WCC okay. is actually the team that, like, the best Pac-12 teams get to join the WCC? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I just said. Oh, did you? Yeah, <laughs> I was just waiting for my turn to talk. I assumed that you were saying, saying the Pac-12 was better. See, that was my bad. <laughs> All right, Biggs, let's get out of here. We uh we need to get mentally prepared for tomorrow, um, eating a lot of food. So, and also drink tonight. So let's get out of here, and you know we'll record again probably Sunday. You know, recap all these other games that are going to happen over the weekend, and uh, yeah, have a good Thanksgiving, John. I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful for college basketball. More importantly. And then family is third. Families are okay, I guess. (laughs) All right. Bye. Laters.